Well, good morning, everyone. Lovely to see you all today. I hope you've all had a good morning. Before I came, you know, I'm very fortunate. I'm married to a very wise man, and I'm sure, you know, all you wives here today. And he likes to give us little pearls of wisdom. He calls them top tips. <laughs> and these top tips we get on a daily basis. He probably gives me a top tip on cooking, you know, really good top tips on cooking. <laughs> top tips on washing. Top tips on shopping, food shop, gives the boys daily top tips. Well, I had a little pool this morning, wonderful, you know, as I was preparing and that. Can I give you a top tip today? And he said, yes. I said, yeah, you tell me. Put your glasses on, because you squint all the time now, he said. <laughs> and he said, you like this looking at them? So he said, make sure you've got your glasses and you keep them on. So for my darling husband, my glasses are going on this morning and they won't be coming off until I finish. <laughs> so anyway, um, this word was on my heart a couple of weeks ago. And I don't know, and my son helped me, well, not helped me, he did a PowerPoint. I told him what I was going to speak on, and he did me a PowerPoint. And it is just up there from another wise book, Proverbs, I'm going to be speaking on this morning. Jeremy actually could have written quite a few Proverbs with all his wisdom, but I don't think I'm not going to be speaking from any of those today. So Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 to 18, and I'll read it first of all. But before I do that, if I can just pray as well. Lord Jesus, I pray this morning that it'll be you that is heard, Lord, not my words, Lord, but your words. And I pray, Father God, that you'll just minister, Lord, and you'll speak into hearts and lives. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. So Proverbs 3. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will pro prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them round your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favour and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your, bo to your bones. Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline, and do not res resent his rebuke, because the Lord, is, the Lord disciples those he loves, as a father the son he delights in. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honour. Her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who, fear, who hold fast to her will be blessed. So a very familiar passage, I'm sure, to all of us here this morning, and ones that we've heard many messages on. So I'm just going to share a few thoughts that God has laid on my heart regarding his plans and our plans. And if we have a look at the next PowerPoint, please, Dave. There's something up on here. There it is. I took this off Facebook. I can't say I'm a fan of Facebook. I only joined it 
when we went um, to online uh, meetings during lockdown. Um, but I do like what Pastor Colin, many of you here this morning might remember him and Julia for a, a lot of very encouraging things and a lot of just taking the mickey out of one another. And there's no bragging, you know, a lot of people put stuff on there of boastful things. And I think I'm mindful of how we hurt other people. And a lot of it is maybe untrue as well. But I just, I'm conscious. And that's what hurts me sometimes. I think you put so much up there, but you're not mindful of others that haven't got maybe. But they don't. They put little gems, i got to be honest, and, and some funny things as well. So up here, there's two plans. One of them is my plan. And I think the top one there, if we're honest, that's what we all like. We'd like to have a nice, quiet, straightforward, blessed life. But unfortunately, as many of us know, that's not real life, is it? And God's plans sometimes, as we all know, are very much up and down. They're not to harm us, they're for our good. And that's what we'll find out later on. So, Every day in our life, when we get up in the morning, it determines some sort of planning. What are we going to eat for the day? What are we going to wear? If we're going to, going to go to work, what are we going to do in our day? It doesn't always work out what we plan, but we may make plans before we leave the front door. But then there's also more long-term planning that can start from when we're children. And then when we become teenagers, like has already been said this morning, am I going to get a job? Am I going to go to work? Am I going to get an apprenticeship? Then we can go on to, do I want to marry? Do I want to get married? Do I want a family? Where am I going to live? Um, what sort of house do I want? And then you come to our age now and you're starting to think, when am I going to retire? <laughs> when my youngest finishes university, it's on the horizon and maybe have some nice healthy years together to enjoy. So there's a lot of planning in every stage of our life. And we can also be involved in other people's plans as well, can't we? Our children, our grandchildren, our nieces and nephews, people, children within the church. But you know what? The best thing that we can do for them, for the children and the young adults amongst us today, as has already been said in the poem that we heard, is to help them love and live for Jesus. Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I'm sure many of us parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles here today have said, you know, I wish my children were little again. I remember my mother saying it and still saying it quite regularly. And if I can just have the next um, slide, please, Dave. A few months back in October, we had a well-being weekend. Um, and I wasn't there for a lot of it because my father wasn't well that weekend. But we had a lady here called Julie Kia, and she was speaking about different influences in our lives. And this was just one part that I actually sat in on, and it, it spoke to me. And it's three areas. It's a diagram of three circles. There's an area in the centre which shows within our control. Then there's another middle circle within our spheres of influence. And then the outer circle is out of our control. And she called that miracle territory. And, you know, this is something that has really spoke to me. I work in St. John Baptist High School, for those of you that might not know me. And I'm a well-being officer. And I've been, because it's a Christian school, I get opportunity and I thank God daily for it where I can 
speak to these children who, you know, some have got great needs, even conscious this week, you know, par- young children who've lost their parents and um, being bombarded with, you know, Mother's Day and all that, and even seeing it on social media. You know, I wish maybe sometimes we could go to school and just tell them rather than blast, you know, put it all onto social media because I'm conscious of these children. And I did some training um, on there. It's called a Winston Wish. It's a charity. And there was one little girl said on there that the hardest thing she had to do as a child, and she remembered, was making a Mother's Day card in a classroom because she'd lost her mother. And, you know, we see that, don't we, you know, on social media, being bombarded with things like that. And I think, can't we just go old school and tell them because there's hurting people, there's hurting children there. But I thank God I've been able to tell um, speak of this, even with some of the pupils that I see on a daily basis. And so the middle circle, as we say there, the, the sorry, the centre circle there says, within my control. Um, and so when our children are young, there's things that we can do that are in our control. You know, we can tell them and influence them then, and they've sometimes, what well, we say, they've got to do it. But then there's the next circle then, which is the sphere of influence. And for a lot of us here this morning who've got older children or grandchildren, nieces and nephews, this would be where we find ourselves today. And I think if we're honest, can sometimes be the most difficult to navigate because we can advise and encourage, but ultimately the decisions are up to them. And as I told one of my sons earlier on this week, you have your own path to follow and to, li- um, and to live but above everything else, I want it to be God's path. And I'm sure that's the same for all us parents here today. And it's the same for our lives, whether we're a parent or not. Just make sure that our lives are following God's, God's path. So I'm just going to share some thoughts, just some reminders, really, because we've probably heard it before as well, um, on some bit about God's plan and his path for our lives. And a very familiar verse in this proverb is, Proverbs 3, 5 to 7 is, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will, which is vital, isn't it? In all that you do, and he will direct your paths. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom, or as the NIV says, do not be wise in your own eyes. When we're young, quite often we think we know everything, don't we? I remember going once to a careers um, evening up in the school that I went to and speaking to these careers um, people and I was going to join the army. So that was it. I said, oh, no. And my mother would say, oh, you're not going to, you never do that. Yeah, I'm going to join the army. Good discipline. That's what I'm going to do. 14 years of age. I thought I knew it all. Thankfully, that didn't last very long and I've never gone to the army. But, you know, you do, don't you? You think you know everything. But we've got to search God in everything that we do. Verse 13 reads, Blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better return than gold. The writer tells us that godly wisdom is more precious than any wealth, any stuff that we can accumulate or chase after. But we need to focus and prioritise on God. Society, social media, our peers in school, uni, work can influence us to go after these perishable things. You know, we can be impressed by others and what others are getting and we think, oh, I've got to attain that. But God's word encourages to seek wisdom. And why? Because it leads us to God and his plans and purposes. 
So that was the first. We need to invest time, don't we, in prayer to find out what God's plan is for our life. As well as, the, um, as, well as this, we've got to go to God's word. That's another area. So we can pray and we can go to jo um, God's word. Joshua 1 verse 8 reads, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. In this verse, we are encouraged to read and to think about God's word and his will for our lives. You know, there's been many times in my own life where I've asked God and I've cried out to God for guidance, and he has miraculously revealed the answer through this word. And also the Holy Spirit within us can either give us a feeling of peace or conversely, a feeling of conflict when we are making choices and decisions. The world might say, is that get feeling? But as Christians, when we welcome the Holy Spirit in and be sensitive to his promptings, he can guide us in the best way for us. Psalm 32 verse 8 reads, The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. You know, I remember nearly 11 years ago, it was actually this month when I was working in the bank and I'd had enough and redundancy became available to quite a lot of staff. The writing was on the wall years prior to that because they were asking us to sell online banking and that. And I thought, oh, these branches, you know, they're not going to be open for very much longer. And it had actually come out two years before and I'd applied and I didn't get the redundancy. But then 11 years ago, I came again and I applied. And I said, Lord, what am I going to do? You know, again, I'm old school. You're loyal to your, your commitment and your career. I'd been there 27 years. I thought, I can't afford, I'm still in my 40s. I can't afford to, to finish. Um, so what am I to do? So I thought, well, I'm going to have to, I'll apply and I'm going to just wait and see what, what comes and what, what God wants. Um, and I did feel scared. I felt apprehensive because I didn't have a job to go to. And then we'd all got told that we were going to have a phone call on this certain date. I can't remember the date. Um, I think it was in the January when one of the area managers would ring us to say whether we were successful or not. Well, anyway, the phone call came in the morning and they said, yes, we've granted you redundancy. Could have my friend Diane, she applied, but she wasn't successful. She was too good. They wanted to keep her in the bank for a bit longer. But anyway, I got my redundancy and I finished in the bank. And I said, well, God, where do you want me? You know, I'd always wanted to go into um, education. I didn't want to just go on my path, but I prayed to God. You know, I fancied really going into the school and doing something in the school because teaching was always a desire of mine as a teenager, which didn't materialize. And I've told you before why, <laughs> that I didn't go to university and go down that road. But, you know, that was God's plan anyway. But anyway, I applied to go into the school and I went there one day just as an invigilator. I had a friend, Jan Green, who I knew from, she used to come to kids club with Adele's girls, and also I knew her from the school, and she worked there as the exams officer in St. John's. So I had rang one day for Luke's results, I think, the school, and um, and I said, oh, I said, I finished in the bank. She asked, how are you doing? I said, I finished in the bank. So she said, you can come and do some invigilating if you want. I said, that'd be great. Yeah, thank you. So I went there on day one, which I think was in May, and the first day that I got there, the um, office was short of a member of staff on reception, actually. And they said, we know you're here to do invigilating, but you think you can help us? 
um, in the office. I said, yeah, no problem. So I went, did the morning in the office and just helped. Didn't really have much of a clue, but some of them were helping me. He was just answering the phone and that to start. And I went home lunchtime from being on the, on the front desk. And I, I remember now, as plain as anything, it was a nice day. Can't remember what day of the week it was. But it was a lovely sunny day. And I remember thinking, oh, Lord, wouldn't it be wonderful if you did a miracle year and I got a job year? You know, I know there's no jobs there, but if you did. Well, 11 years later, I am still in the school, not in the office now. I even got another job then in another primary school as well, just to make up the, the days of the week, doing well, being and being, you know, God's opened the door miraculously. But it's just trusting him, isn't it, and his plan. And I acknowledge, you know, it was all God's hand in it all. And so that was, again, just reading God and searching after him. So read his word, pray, read his word. And then another point that I wanted to make was for our plans is to discuss it and talk to it about it with people of faith. Proverbs 11, verse 14 says, Where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counsellors there is safety. You know, we are blessed here at Gateway, aren't we, to have so many wise men and women of God. We're always glad, I know, to give guidance if needed. I know Luke speaks to Pastor Tony and, and Pastor Rob, you know, and we are grateful to God for them and for their godly wisdom. So up until now, I've spoken about things that we, we should do to find out and to follow God's plan. Pray, read the Bible and seek wisdom from godly people as well. But as the PowerPoint behind me shows, I'll go back to the other one, Dave, if that's possible. God's plan has challenges, difficulties and problems. Like we see those dips in the road there. And things happen in life that sometimes absolutely knock us off our feet. Could be sickness, job loss, financial difficulties, relationship problems or breakdowns, bereavement, to name but a few. And just being honest here today, these horrendously difficult times can shatter us and on times leave us questioning where God is in our lives. So what's the best thing that we can do when this happens? Well, it's the same principles. We pray, seek God. We read our Bible and we can discuss it if we need to with people of God as well. You know, chase, with all, chase after God with all of our hearts. And that's when we'll be finding ourselves in the outer circle. Sorry, Dave, I'm back to the other one now again. That's it. We're in, when things go wrong, there are things that are out of our control. And that outer circle there, which is miracle territory. And things can happen miraculously, can't it? That we can only say, but if it was only God can have done this when we're in those dark and difficult times. You know, we need to read his word continuously for comfort and for peace, and it will come. Surround yourself with godly family and friends for support and advice. And in these very difficult times, surrender the circumstance to God, who is sovereign over all. And you know, very importantly, don't neglect coming to the house of God neither. I shared a few weeks ago in the prayer meeting that, you know, when things very difficult things happen. Sometimes we just want to shut ourselves away 
and keep ourselves behind closed doors with those who are closest to us. But you know, that's the worst thing that we can do because we need to come to church, to God's house, to hear from God, to be built up in praise and worship and fellowshiping with others. The devil, you know, would like to love to isolate us and to keep us down, right down there under his feet. But we need to come together. We need to be in God's house. Um, and that's not God, because that's not God's plan to isolate us. Even when we are going through storms, you know, we can cling to the comfort of God's words. Romans 8 verse 28 says, And we know that in all things, not some, not a few, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And if you're in the middle of the storm here today, can I remind and encourage you that God is in control. He is sovereign over all. He is still writing you a story. When difficulties come, don't try to steal God's pen. Trust the author. Pray, read God's word, take godly counsel, and don't neglect coming to the house of God. And to finish, Proverbs 3, verse 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Amen.